Welcome to the second episode of Cancer with Craig, Managing Your Illness Like a Project. We are broadcasting to you today from the Jacobs Medical Center in La Jolla, California. Craig, do you want to catch us up on what's been going on? I'd be happy to, Kirk. Thanks. Well, last week was actually Wednesday the 24th. I checked in in the afternoon. And for those of you who may have missed the first episode, this is everything over the last nine months has been leading up to a stem cell replacement. That's why I went to the hospital. So I'm going to try to piece together what's happened here in the last uh, 10 10 to uh, 12 days. With this type of cancer, multiple myeloma, as I mentioned in the first episode, it's a cancer that you can't get rid of, but you can push the markers low enough so you can go into remission and still have extended periods of time where your body's not being torn apart by this cancer. So a couple of interesting things. I checked into the hospital on the 24th. The day before that, I had my most potent dose of chemo, which is malphalan. And I went home that night, Tuesday night, slept very well. It was kind of weird because you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm getting this lethal dose, so to speak. You had actually had that dose when we were recording the first episode of the podcast. Oh, that's right. That's right. And so the race was on. Going into the hospital on Wednesday was to prepare me for what would happen on Thursday, which is to receive back the stem cells that they'd harvested a few days earlier. A couple of interesting things about this hospital stay that I want to talk about. When I look at a project, I want to know the beginning, middle, and end. And that does not always happen. You know, best laid plans. I kept on asking my doc, I said, okay, how long am I going to be in the hospital? How long am I going to be in the hospital? And the common response was 12 to 14 days. Well, Come to find out after I check in the hospital on Wednesday and on Thursday when I receive my stem cells, which was a very, very interesting experience in and of itself. I think that could be a whole nother podcast. When I got my stem cells back, I was told, okay, well, this is day zero. <laughs> we, we count your 10 to 14 days from here, which really, for, for those of you who are listening, you, you think, well, why is that a big deal? Well, I was another two and a half days in the hospital and it just threw me off just a little bit. And I think whenever you have a big project, it is super important to identify the monumental steps that you're, you'll be taking taking the big steps so you can wrap your head around that. But if you can't always do it, you just got to suck it up and uh, be a big boy. So I was actually in the hospital three days before I got to my day zero. Yeah, I just am interested to hear kind of what the experience was of those first couple of days because I, I know, you know, when we did the podcast, you were feeling fine. And I just am interested to know how fast it started to come on and, and where you feel like the bad feelings kind of peaked. As I mentioned, this melphalan is, is a really potent form of chemo. The chemo up to this point that I've been taking had been oral. And once a week, I'd have a small infusion. It was nothing like what I've been experiencing. So I would say when it really started to hit me in terms of me feeling really punk was really on Thursday. Not to go into a whole lot of detail. I mean, you just don't feel well. And that lasted for eight to nine full days. Okay. And it was uh, certainly not complaining because this is a great thing for, uh, for me to control the cancer. But the feeling, it's not a flu. You don't have the flu, but it is flu-like symptoms. But you, your body just is drained. From a feeling standpoint, I mean, it certainly is not something that you would choose to do again, unless you absolutely had to. <laughs> So what's the scoreboard? Like, what are the markers that you're watching to see how you're doing while this is all going on? Okay, great question. We all like markers. We all like, as we're working on a project, we all want to know, okay, you know, where are we? Yeah, the analytics, right, right. One of the key things they're looking for is to zero out your white blood cells. 
and to push that down to zero. They tracked that very carefully. That occurred probably zero plus five days into it. For example, the white blood cells uh, fell from 5.5 down to zero. And now the stem cells that were reintroduced into my body needed to go to work to build back up stem cells. And when that happens, your whole immune system is shot. And I believe I have the term correct. They call it neutropedic, that you have no mechanism. Your body has no mechanism to fight any kind of infection or any kind of cold. And of course, that's the whole idea of keeping you in the hospital and keeping you isolated. I was really excited because my numbers and markers and everything were coming up. In fact, the doctor that was on the floor yesterday, we were talking. He came in and said, hey, your numbers look great. He said, I think we may be able to get you out of the hospital yesterday. And I got all excited and it turned out that they wanted to run a few more tests. He said, so we want to run a few more tests. Don't worry. We'll get you out first thing this morning. A little disappointed, but but suck it up, soldier. So this morning when the doctors were making their rounds and reviewing my charts, they said, yeah, I, I, think, I think we're going to be able to get you out this morning. They, they're concerned about your nutritional levels because you, you trust me, you have not been eating. You know, I've been eating like a, like a bird. So they need to look at your nutritional levels. They need to look at the white blood cells, your red blood cell count, etc. I was talking to the nurse practitioner and to the attending physician and this RN who had just taken a shift to oversee me earlier in the morning. She kind of raised her hand quietly and said, I looked at Craig's area and a pick is a peripherally inserted central catheter and so what I have on the inside of my arm is I have a surgically inserted two lines that go up to my jugular which is how they reintroduced the stem cells and she said you know I think there may be a little swelling there and then they looked and they talked and they said well okay you're right let's have an ultrasound well fast forward ahead I got the ultrasound pick line was clear there was anything wrong there but I had and this is quite common evidently with these pick lines and with this procedure is I had developed quite a sizable blood clot and so now what turned into oh yesterday or eh, you know early this morning has turned into <laughs> I hope I can go home tomorrow maybe in another two or three days um, blood clots of course can be extraordinarily dangerous going to the heart or to the lung and having a pulmonary aneurysm and and so so here I was and trust me for those of you who have this is the longest stay I've ever had in the hospital and your mind starts to play some tricks and you think oh well, what's the big deal you know you can watch tv you can work on your computer I'll tell you what I haven't felt like I could do any of that just because I haven't felt well enough so I'm reminded that you can plan, but you can't control your plan. For me, as I go through this journey, I've got to remind myself to slow it down, not to try to control what I can't control. Stay informed, but don't obsess with information, too much information. And I think if I will do that, I will uh, see great results, a lot of satisfaction from uh, managing my illness. <laughs> now, I know it's not as serious as um, a blood clot, but there has been another big change. You want to talk about uh, your new style? Yeah. You know, at age 64, if you've hung on to your hair, it is a, you know, pride of ownership. I've had a, whole, a full head of hair. One of the side effects of melphalan and this heavy duty chemo is you lose your hair. I noticed that my hair was coming out. So I my, called my son-in-law, Brian, to come give me a buzz. And he did a number two, just because 
I wasn't ready for a number one. <laughs> and I woke up this morning and I had little pieces of number two haircut all over my pillow. And I called Brian up and I said, okay, buddy, we got to take off number two. We got to take off number one. We got to go right down to the shearing of my hair. And so, yes, I have, I've lost my hair. I've voluntarily lost it. I will lose all my hair and I should get it back, they say, with, within a 60-day period of time. Well, I, to be honest, a little worried to see you with no hair, but I actually think you look great. I, you, you, you look, I said you look like a, an army general. I hope a decent army general. Yeah. <laughs> Patented. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this has been a really, really, I know it's not very elegant, but I'll say an interesting journey. We have had, as I mentioned before, a lot of friends and business professionals and church relationships who have certainly been well-wishers, and I know that that's helped my journey. So I want I want to thank everybody for for continued support and uh i guess if i got any insight from the from this last uh, zero plus nine days it's stay agile stay nimble be willing and ready to pivot when you need to as you're managing your projects awesome well thank you and uh that's been cancer with craig until next time uh, we'll see you later